Welcome to my podcast. I'm the Laughing Philosopher. Life is complicated. You are complicated. Everything seems to have been figured out, except how to live a happy life guided by wisdom and reason. What does it mean to be a good person? What is love? Who am I before I was told who I am? Why haven't I found myself yet? Why do I have regrets? Is this a just world? Almost from the moment of birth, we've been told how to behave, how to fit in, and how to fulfill other people's expectations. We grow to fear that we will lack importance or cease to exist in the lives of others if we think for ourselves and question the rules and roles that we've been told define us. Only when wisdom and reason removes this illusion can we live authentically in the world around us and become our real selves. Episode 8 Who should govern the house? The owner or the tenant? St. Thomas Aquinas was an Italian priest of the 13th century. His classmates in college called him the dumb ox. Today, he is recognized as the greatest Catholic philosopher and theologian of the Middle Ages. Thomas Aquinas argued that it is a basic good to promote human life that all moral persons ought to procreate and that to prevent reproduction is immoral. The technology may be new, but the antagonisms between pro-abortionists and anti-abortionists originate in the 13th century thinking and philosophy of Thomas Aquinas. This is absurd. What happened in the 13th century should have stayed in the 13th century. The debate between these conflicting groups centers on the rightness and wrongness of some basic human rights. The argument that abortion is immoral and ought to be illegal claims that all persons have a right to life. A human embryo is a person, therefore abortion is an immoral violation of an embryo's right to life. The argument that abortion is moral and ought to be legal claims that all persons have a right to control what happens in and to their own bodies. A woman is a person, therefore abortion is a moral exercise of the right to control one's own body and its functions. The chief cornerstone of the anti-abortion argument is the assertion that a human embryo possesses personhood. Anti-abortionists argue that what matters is not whether a human embryo actually is a person, but rather that an embryo possesses in itself 
a natural capacity to develop the complex qualities of a person. Anti-abortionists argue that a human embryo is the type of being that develops in its life history the nature of a person. Even if it doesn't actually possess human qualities yet, an embryo possesses a natural capacity to develop personhood and therefore possesses a right to life as a person. This is absurd. Why? Does an acorn have the same right to life as an oak tree. An acorn is not an oak tree. An acorn does not possess in itself the complex qualities of an oak tree. It will, however, give rise to another living thing, an oak tree, that will have these qualities. Similarly, a human embryo is not a person. A human embryo does not possess in itself the complex qualities of a person. Qualities such as consciousness, reasoning, experiences, communication, self-awareness, and enjoyments. It will, however, bring into existence another organism that will have these qualities. Most acorns never sprout into oak trees. Some acorns are stored by squirrels. Some acorns are eaten by hungry deer. Some acorns are crushed underfoot by hikers. Some acorns do not bounce or roll to a place where they can grow. Lucky acorns may send their root down into the soil to anchor the plant but can't take hold. Only one in several thousand acorns ever grows into an oak tree. For example, I live on the east side of Manhattan, a few minutes walk from Central Park. It's legal to crush an acorn in Central Park, but I don't believe it is permissible to chop down an oak tree. In Central Park then, an acorn does not have the same right to life as an oak tree. If the anti-abortionist argument is correct, and a human embryo and a fully developed person possess an equal right to life, then abortion is murder because it deprives an embryo of becoming a person. And also, contraception is murder because it deprives a sperm and an egg of becoming an embryo. And also, masturbation is murder because it deprives a sperm of fertilizing an egg. And all of these murders are in the same moral category as killing an innocent adult human being. This is absurd. I refer to it as the human embryo 
But anti-abortionists prefer the unborn. Why? So as to bewitch you by language. The unborn possess a natural capacity to be born. But this does not imply that the unborn ought to be born. Is does not imply ought, said the philosopher David Hume. That something is does not imply that it ought to be. The unreal possess a capacity to become real, but this doesn't imply that the unreal ought to be real. Acorns possess a capacity to become oak trees, but this doesn't imply that all acorns ought to become oak trees. The unborn may be born, but this doesn't imply that the unborn should be born. Assume that the unborn possess a right to life, and also assume that women possess a right to control what happens in their own bodies. The question is, who then ought to have more authority over the house? The owner of the house or the tenant? Pay attention to this thought experiment adapted from the philosopher Judith Jarvis Thompson. You are kidnapped and wake up in a hospital bed next to the Apostle Peter. Yes, that Peter, the chief disciple and best friend of Jesus Christ. St. Peter is unconscious with a fatal kidney disease and only you have the right blood type to save him. So the Catholic Church has kidnapped you and plugged your circulatory system into St. Peter's so that your kidneys can filter poisons from his body as well as your own. If Peter is disconnected from you, then St. Peter will die. However, in nine months, St. Peter will recover and can be safely disconnected from you. You will have saved the life of St. Peter. And a high school in Brooklyn probably will be named after you. Do you have the right to unplug yourself from St. Peter? Even though this will kill him? After all, St. Peter has a right to life. You, however, have a right to use your body as you choose. Does Peter's right to life give him the right to use your body as a kidney dialysis machine against your will? If you disconnect yourself from St. Peter, do you violate his right to life? Or do you merely exercise your right to control your own body and deprive Peter of the use of something to which he has no right? Do a woman's bodily rights 
justify abortion? Even if the embryo has a right to life? Even if a human embryo possesses personhood and has a right to life equal to that of a person, it does not have a right to use a pregnant woman's body and life support functions against her will. The right to life is over-trumped by the woman's right to control her own body and the woman's right to choose to abort her pregnancy. Aborting the pregnancy is, therefore, both moral and permissible. So who ought to have more authority over a woman's body? The owner or the tenant? Consider this thought experiment. Does America's right to be a Christian nation give it the right to use your mind against your will? One day, imagine, scientists perfect a new technology that Christianizes one's mind and transforms unbelievers into fervent believers. Born-again clinics pop up in every city and state in America. A Buddhist, Muslim, Hindu, Jew, or atheist walks in a clinic and a new creature walks out, accepting Jesus Christ into her heart as Lord and Savior. Christians do everything in their power to influence all Americans to become born again. But despite the best of Madison Avenue marketing and advertising, some do, some don't. Some, like Bartleby, simply prefer not to. Some prefer to be nuns, no religion, or no spiritual preference. Some believe that Christianity is over-trumped by the individual's right to control the contents of his or her own mind and the right to choose what not to believe. But others believe that what can be ought to be. If America can be a Christian society, then America ought to be a Christian society. So Christians appeal to the Supreme Court and the Supremes rule that every American can be compelled against his or her will to be Christianized. This is absurd. Who ought to have more authority over the human mind? The owner or the tenant? There are only two things in this life, in your life, that you truly own. Only two things that truly belong to you. These are the only two things you bring with you when you enter this world and the only two things you take with you when you exit this world. 
Your mind and your body belong to you. In the life history of the universe, there never has been and never will be another human mind identical to your mind and another human body identical to your body. You are the sole example of you. You may not be special, but you are unique. D.H. Lawrence said, You are the glitter of the sun on the surface of the water. Your mind and your body are your greatest possessions and more. Just as life is more than food and the body is more than clothing, you have a right to share them, but no one has a right to use them. So if Jesus steps on an acorn, does an oak tree die? Hi, I'm Dr. Robert Corey, the Laughing Philosopher. Thanks for listening to my podcast. I've devoted my professional life to the intersection of sociology and philosophy, where the contemporary problems of life meet the ideas and convictions of the greatest human minds. Join me by subscribing to The Laughing Philosopher as we use reason and wisdom to explore big answers to the most important of all big questions, how to live.